In today's episode, Joseph and I will be talking about our personal experiences when it comes to mental and physical health. We understand that this may be triggering for some listeners, and we recommend that you seek local resources if you're not feeling okay. And just remember, it's okay not to be okay. Okay, she is good. She is recording. Matthew, do you know that this is the tenth time we have recorded? That means that this is at the end of the end of the series. Does that mean that I have listened to your wheezy, scousy cackle for ten whole hours? Approximately. Good yeah. grief! Yeah. I mean, that's why mm. I am the people's florist. I take my hat off to myself. I would also say it's a vast privilege to spend 10 hours in my presence. Um, It's expensive. you know, you can... If she's billing that by the hour, that's expensive. She, yeah, she better be. She better be. Um, We're recording. I think we should probably begin. I think let's go for it. I'm excited. Sorry. I know I just said I was, I know I just gave you a false start. I said I was going to start, but no, I'm excited. This is, this is the end of the bloody series. Then fucking get on with it. By the, by the time we call, by the time... (laughs) By the time this comes out, will we be Kardashians? By the time we finish this episode, episode. it'll be fucking midnight. In the world of floral design, there are so many educational, brilliant, heartwarming podcasts. And if you're looking for that, turn this off now, because this is not that podcast. Turn it off and walk away. I'd rather turn one and walk towards you. (laughs) (laughs) Calm down. Calm down, love. Really excited about this episode. Are you? I, I am, but I'm also a little nervous because I feel there is a big difference between me and you. Okay, here we are. You put a lot of who you are out on social media. Mm -hmm. Like, I would say your brand and what I see in your stories Mm -hmm. is Matthew Landers, 100%, warts and all. Um, Here's my pudding. Here's my um, delicious cake. Can I just put a disclaimer that if I had a wart, you would see the procedure that I had in order to have it removed. That's how intimate I am with my audience. And your audience kind of lives for that, though. I yes. bet they would be gagging. Yes. They, they would be they would be gagging for it, whereas mm-hmm. I would just be gagging. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I. <laughs> but no, I'm a little nervous today because I don't put too much of my my own personal life out there. Um, so yeah, and we're going to be talking about self care, and yep. um, yeah. So I'm I'm a, I'm excited, but I'm nervous. I feel like the t- I feel like I'm ready to go on a date with a handsome man. Do you know what I mean? Is he upstairs? No, is it work? Oh, rude. So, yeah, I really think it's important for us in our industry, as florists, creative people, nursery people, however you identify, there's going to be periods in our business, in our working life, that we actually spend a lot of time either working alone, autonomously. You might work mm-hmm. in an environment with, you know, a, a team as such. No matter how your day looks, everyone's going to have a different experience and everyone's going to face different challenges with their mental health, with their physical health and well-being. And I think Mm -hmm. 
the thing I'm most looking forward to talking about now is that these challenges that you might face in your everyday working life are challenges that someone else has already faced. And it's Mm. something that someone else has already dealt with and you are absolutely not alone. You're not stupid. You're not an idiot. You're not thinking, you know, something imaginary or you're not, you know, being delusional. Like, these are real things. And I think it's so important for us to be open and honest and speak about our own personal experiences and things that we've had to overcome as as people and professionals. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on because in business, it's never just business, is it? It's always personal. Well, it's, There's always, you know, a human currency, a human transaction mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. there. And you and, and I both have um, eponymous business names. So, for example, mm-hmm. for us, if someone comes to us with a complaint or they come to us about the business, it actually feels like a personal attack on us. <gasps> absolutely. Or 110 million percent. Mm-hmm. You're so right. You're yeah. so right. And I think there are so many people out there that work in the floral design industry. And I don't think, I'm like, I could totally be wrong, but I don't think I've ever heard an episode of a podcast or an article or anything on um, self-care in no. the industry. No. Do you know what I mean? You hear yeah. about like, the, you know, the STEM prices of Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. you know, ha- wedding, you know, processes, but... It's, I don't think I've ever heard anyone kind of sit down and be like, okay, well, like, life isn't always a walk in the park. It's Mm -hmm. not always super easy for me. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that I have to do to make myself feel good and make myself feel okay, you know, on a physical level and on a a mental uh, level as well. So, if you're Um, having a tough day then, like, let's just say you're having a really tough day, you're working you know, on something and you're in your workshop or Mm -hmm. something like that and Mm -hmm. someone calls and they complain and you have a really grumpy customer or something like that, whatever it might be, something that just really makes you go, what am I doing this all for? It really affects you personally. Do you have a tool or anything that you do, a go-to for you that makes you recenter? Yes, a hitman. I have a great yeah. hitman who <laughs> handles all my complaint. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for some reason didn't want to be named on the podcast. Oh. Um, so yeah, no, for me, I have, I would say I have a pretty good core support network mm-hmm. of people that have worked with me for a long time mm-hmm. and who, a couple, a really good couple of people who I work with who I would say are the opposite of, you know, that term like yes men, mm-hmm. you know, people yeah. who will just be yeah. like, oh, Joe, no, you're so brilliant. Like, you know, how could this ever happen? You're always in the right. Like, I have a real core group. I mean, it's small. There's maybe three or four people that I work with mm-hmm. um, on my team that I think I could go to and I do go to with problems. And if I've done something wrong or if we haven't delivered something right or if I have made a colossal mistake, they will say, you screw that up. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you're looking at this in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know it's going to cost money or yes, I know it's going to cost time mm-hmm. or yes, I know it's frustrating, but you know, really we, we could have done better there. And I think that's I think having core people around you who are objective, but also supportive is really, really key. And I'm really looking, I have that in my current relationship now. Mm. 
you know, my partner, he is a sound, he knows nothing about our industry. He couldn't care less about flowers. Mm-hmm. He works in uh, hospitality, manages, you know, a chain of coffee stores. Um, and, but he's always, you know, he is always there. If I have, you know, oh my God, this happened. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, to be supportive and objective. And I know that those type, those two type of things maybe don't necessarily go hand in hand, but I think surrounding yourself with like a core group of people who, um, you know, can help you through and times yep. are tough. I think that's so important because no and one, no one can do it alone. No. And I think for, for me in my team, that also comes down to communication. So for example, if I mm-hmm. walk in and I'm in a foul mood for whatever reason, because, you know, at the end of the day, your staff come in at nine o'clock in the morning and they haven't, had to deal with all the things that the business owner has had to deal with before they've arrived. But they might have had to deal with screaming children, a sick child or an angry partner or something. We've all had to deal with something outside of work. So, for me, it's about communication. If I come in and I'm in a foul mood, I'll just be like, look, girls, today's not the day and I'm not the one. I'm going to go into my office. I'm going to do some admin. I'm completely on do not disturb. When I'm feeling better, I'll come out and I'll, you know, play as such. But and I think that's so responsible. It's just mature, you know, and I think it's yes, about- Yes, yes, 100%. And I need to hear that from them too, because I, as a business owner, as you would, would get frustrated if I've got one of my team members and all you want to do is go up and shake them and be like, what is wrong with you today? You know, like you're not being productive or you're messing things up or whatever. But rather than doing that, I'd have a team member that might come in and just be like, look, Dal, it's been a rough night. I've had a child up sick or something like that, but I'm here- what can I do? I'll be like, okay, you go and do this task that way over there. What else do you need? Nothing. You just need to be left alone. Cool. You do that. So, it's about having mm-hmm. that open dialogue, you know, just being able to communicate in a way that we as small business owners are able to do. Because when you work for, you know, huge corporations, you're just a number and, you know, you have to go to the mm-hmm. human resources team and things like that. Mm-hmm. We have such a luxury mm-hmm. of having little families of staff. You know, I don't, Mm -hmm. even big, big, big florist businesses that employ like a hundred staff, I know that those businesses are still very much like a little family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That can be a really hard balance. And I know I've definitely struggled with that in the past between having, um, you know, like not so much a personal relationship, but having a real relationship with some of your team members. um, And also- Absolutely. Also having to be, you know, at the same time, an employer mm-hmm. um, who is responsible for, you know, their welfare in a workplace. Yes. I mean, the way I kind of approach it, and I don't think this, I don't think this would work if I scaled up my business, um, you know, in the way that you have, you know, with mm-hmm. multiple retail stores and multiple locations and all the rest of it. But for the the business structure that I have and the business structure that I, I follow, um, we have a relatively small team. We have lots of freelancers and we we're moving more and more into digital and brand activities than like hands-on retail and stuff. Um, so I, I keep everything on a very personal basis. And by that, I mean, I treat everyone as slightly differently. And I know that might sound absolutely terrible because you should treat everyone the same. And I do like, it's not like I give more people time off or more people, you know, unexpected pay rises or like, obviously I don't mean anything like that. I mean, as in I cater what I think they need based on, 
Individual needs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if some people, like I know some members of my team that I've worked with uh, in the past and, and currently, um, you know, definitely have some uh, mental health issues with anxiety yep. mm-hmm. or with work-related stress or with, you know, maybe other issues that they might have in their life. And maybe they might just need a more, not a more cautious handling, but a just general more, um, a little, you know, maybe things need to be explained in a different way. Yep. Or maybe I need to spend a little more time with that member mm-hmm. of staff or mm-hmm. maybe I need to check in with them for like a review more often. And equally, like on the other end of that scale, I know that I have several members of staff who really don't need that kind of attention or certainly, you know, don't seem to appreciate that kind of attention and are absolutely fine. And if there's a problem, they will come to me and talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you have to kind of, I think, I think the best way to kind of manage a team and to kind of practice, you know, self-care and care of your team is to have like a good kind of policy in place and a relationship with everyone you work with. But at the same time, also be aware that you're working with people, not numbers. And you need to be flexible with people's needs and, you know, um, and what people, what people are like. So I, when I'm recruiting, I actually make, if someone makes it to the third interview stage where they actually meet me and that I I interview them, what I actually make the team member do or the perspective, the um, potential team member is write me a letter. And in that letter, I need them to tell me why they want to work with me, what Mm -hmm. I can bring to them personally and professionally, what they can Mm -hmm. bring to me personally and professionally, and also what they need from me to succeed. So if that Mm -hmm. means that they need me to... Um, you know, explain things in a specific way or speak to them in a specific way or if they have anything that will trigger them, any trigger words or phrases or anything like that, I need to know. That's the time to get it out and, you know, tell me how I can be the best employer for them and how they can be the best team member for me. So, as we get through that process as well, the, the next step is creating the policies and procedures, making sure that they understand that we have policies and procedures in place. If you feel unsafe at work, if you are being harassed by another team member, if you, whatever it might be, whatever the situation is, this is the process to follow in order to make sure that I, as the business owner, know about it and I can act upon Mm -hmm. it immediately. Yeah, I think that's really, really sensible. And I like how... I think all good things start with good communication. Yep. All good relationships definitely mm-hmm. have to have good communication at the heart of it. So you can both understand, you know, what each other are saying, what you mean, where your values are, and, you know, how you can both work together and collaborate to make something, you know, a really good working relationship. Um, I think it is a really tricky industry that we're in. I mean, yep. I were, as you know, like about a third of my business is in the wedding and event industry. Mm-hmm. It is times when we have not a huge amount of work on and there are times when we have so much work on and everything is go 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 and it's high pressured and there's a lot at stake and we you know it it can be so so demanding at times tell me what are the ways that you try and practice self-care with yourself for myself okay so i also am a big believer that you have to be able to be an inspirational leader 
So your team has to be able to see that you take the self-care that's needed for you personally and that you're making sure that they're mm-hmm. doing the same thing. So I too identify that, you know, sometimes we work horrifically long hours. We might start work at 7 a.m. and, you know, it's half past three in the afternoon and no one has actually eaten anything. So I we- know where you're going with this, aren't you? What? You're going with like company company Botox. Stop it. <laughs> you're pushing. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Carry on. You're too much. So we have this thing that we call lunch lady. So we, Mm -hmm. because I have big teams and we're in um, multiple sites, we're in a couple of different places, we have a lunch lady. So basically I give one of my team members money. I give them a budget to actually Mm -hmm. bring lunch for everyone when Mm -hmm. we're working on events and weddings and things like that. So like, for instance, Mm -hmm. if I... If I was lunch lady, it would be my job to feed however many people I'm working with in that site that day. And it would also be my job as lunch lady to make sure that everyone actually does stop and eat. And Mm -hmm, whether mm -hmm. we go outside for five minutes and we stand in a circle and we talk to each other in the sunshine or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it's about breaking that cycle on, you know, the workbenches such that becomes so, so exhausting. Because Mm -hmm. if you're not looking after yourself personally like that you end up like i did and a couple of years ago i ended up with adrenal fatigue and that was basically just from not looking after myself well and i i don't know a lot about sorry to interrupt i don't know a lot about adrenal fatigue so adrenal fatigue is something that you can either it's kind of like you know when you hear what's that syndrome called um where you're tired all the time Oh, um, chronic fatigue. Chronic fatigue. So, ME, yeah. Yeah. So, it's similar to that. It's something that you can kind of come out of nowhere or it's something that you can, in essence, be born with. You know, it's something that you mm-hmm. just have. So, mm-hmm. adrenal fatigue basically comes from, yeah, when you're working in high-stress environments for long periods of hour, you know, time, you're not sleeping enough, mm-hmm. you're not exercising mm-hmm. enough, you're not drinking enough water, all of those things. And it can actually just make your adrenal glands basically exhausted. And it doesn't produce adrenaline anymore when you actually need it. So, gosh, horrendous. And it gets to the point basically where like you're laying in bed in the morning and your eyes are open, but you actually don't have the physical energy even to lift your hand to like pull the covers off you. It's just, oh my gosh, it's truly what the definition of exhaustion looks like. So, I would never wish that upon anyone. I mean, I would wish, you know, white gerberas upon a few people, but I would never wish adrenal fatigue on anyone. <laughs> because um, I didn't know you suffered with that. I mean, is this the first time you've spoken about it? Yeah. Like, I, it's just one of those things that I kind of just dealt with. You know, I was like, why am I so tired all the time? And I remember having all these blood tests and being like, something's wrong with me. You know, like, something's mm. not right. You just don't feel like you. Yeah, yeah. something's not right. Mm. And it was actually just adrenal fatigue. And, you know, I had took some medication for a little while and I had some, you know, um, iron infusions and I had some vitamin infusions and, yeah, basically mm-hmm. got my body back to health as such. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, scheduling that time off for yourself. And also, I force my team members to have time off. I'm like, come on, you've got mm-hmm. all this leave owing to you. When are you having time off? You know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. You're, the whole reason you're supposed to have four weeks of time off a year is so that you actually do have holiday recreational time, you know, away from the business. It's really, really, really important. So, yeah. And can I just say, mm-hmm. you work harder than anyone else I know. 
like you are physically in your business, mm-hmm. like on the bench, you know, leading people, getting things, you know, done and making things happen. And it's very, we've talked before, you know, personally, I don't think we've talked so much on the podcast about the big differences between our businesses mm-hmm. um, and like how we work and how much we're like physically there and physically on. Um, and I think therefore that changes how much self-care you need. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, I agree. And yeah. it's a, but it does also come down to the point. It's like, how do you determine what the, the, the self-care I need is the same self-care you need? So, it's every single person is mm. going to have, you know, individual needs when it comes to your self-care. And even just something as simple as in a business, if you've got team members, if you've got staff, have outside people come into your business to help you facilitate a better workplace. I mean, all this shit as a business owner is all tax deductible, but it really is motivational to your team members and both yourself. I mean, I had a physiotherapist come in um, to a staff meeting and showed us how to stand at the bench, different positions Mm -hmm. and techniques, different ways of standing to combat fatigue. I had an occupational therapist come in and measure all of us that have our own desks to make sure that we're sitting at the right height and computer screen and things like that. It's about taking those steps as well as a business person. And I mean, if it's just you, if you're just, you know, doing this by yourself at home or in a studio or whatever, you have to also do that for yourself. It's a huge investment because if you're like me and, you know, you really work your business, if you haven't got yourself on your team, who's going to pick up all those pieces if you end up, you know, flat on your back for six weeks because you've worked yourself to the bone? Absolutely. I mean, you, regardless of what your business looks like or how big it is or how many staff you have and whether you are, you know, hands on at the bench making things Mm -hmm. or whether you're in more of a creative director kind of role where you're not so much hands on. I think there is a, I think one of the most important things you can do is take, take the time to look after yourself and to practice, you know, some good, um, self care. I mean, for me, I saw the, reverse side of that when I was like 22, 23, when I had pretty much worked myself to the bone. Like I look back at it now with, you know, it's over a decade, well, about a decade ago. And the person that I was then and the person that I am now are, you know, vastly different. But back then when I was 22 years old, I had competed and competed and competed for five, six, seven years, um, nonstop, one after the other, you know, doing doing everything, sometimes working on three or four, you know, big international competitions at the same time, traveling, working. And I was the only person fueling that. There was no support system around me. And I didn't really let people support me. I had a weird kind of like um pride issue with it. Like I was like, I'm doing this. Da, 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 da. But you're also and it quite came- an introverted person. Do you think so? I do. I really do. Mm. I think whilst you are very confident and you are expert level in our industry and you're, you know, you're very confident when you're speaking in that field, like as, you know, a personal friend of yours, like I would definitely 
classify you as more introverted than extroverted, I think, from, really? from my opinion. That's, yeah. so, that's so interesting. Yeah, no, I'm actually, so on the Myers-Briggs scale, I'm actually ENTJ, so more extroverted than really? introverted. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm, but I think if, 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 like, when I did the test a couple of years ago, um, I kind of thought, well, I bet I could easily be, like, an INTJ. Like, I, if I was extroverted, I think I'm very low on the extroverted scale. I think it could swing the other way quite easily, because I do really enjoy my time alone and chilling out and doing my own thing but also i get a lot of joy and energy and yeah from being no, around people and socializing you know um so yeah so for me i think when i was working so hard i actually mm. had i actually suffered burnout <laughs> like yeah. medical psychological burnout i was signed off work by my gp for um you know a, a, a good few months i had to do a stage return to work i started counseling because it got to the point where I was having panic attacks mm-hmm. and I couldn't do, I couldn't work because I would find the idea of um, having to compete or having to, you know, present or having to do things would be too much. And I remember the first time I had a panic attack, I was in a supermarket and um, I had worked, I don't know, like, I think it was I remember working it out and I had worked solidly for like the past three or four weeks without a day off. And I was working a full-time job at the time, um, you know, five, six days a week in the event industry. So like mm-hmm. long hours, very hands-on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the weekends and on any time off that I had, I would book in demonstrations or competitions or training or, and it got to the point where I'd worked for, you know, so, I'd worked that way for so long mm-hmm. where um, I just kind of couldn't take it anymore. And I needed, to like my body my mind was like no this isn't healthy we're not doing this and you need to kind of reassess how things are um and for me that was like you know i had panic attacks and i was like i don't want to be having these so how can i make some changes to make sure that 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 doesn't happen so if you know going to such a dark place in your own mental health Mm -hmm. during that period if you had to go back now you know over a decade Mm -hmm. on if you wound Mm -hmm. the clock back a year before that very point Mm -hmm. what would you say would have been either signs that something was coming something was wrong or what changes Mm -hmm. would you have made in your working or personal life to prevent that or do you think it was just inevitable No, I don't think it was inevitable at all. I think what happened to me was cumulative. It was one thing after another, after another, after another. It wasn't, I had, you know, a a car crash or, and then that was, you know, that changed my life. Or it wasn't, you know, an interaction with one person. It was the fact that I had driven myself so hard and for so long with, you know, and like not a very helpful thought process and not a very help, not very helpful personal beliefs, um, that it led me to a, a point where my body and my mind was like, no, no, like when mm. we're not partying like mm-hmm. this. So the signs were, um, exhaustion. Mm. I would wake up in the morning. So mm. I class myself as like a very, a very lucky, um, you know, I hate the word blessed, but a very kind of blessed, lucky kind of person. I wake up every morning. I am excited. I feel like an energy running through me and I am excited. I love what I do. I really, really like my team that I work with. Um, I'm excited for the people in my life. I never wake up and feel oh, gosh, Jesus, here we go. You know what I mean? Like, I I never have that energy. I genuinely, genuinely, 
I'm really, I mean, maybe not so much over the past, you know, 18 months with the pandemic. It's definitely been tougher. Um, but usually I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm excited. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that energy wasn't there. I would wake up and feel like lethargic, yeah. you know, feel, feel exhausted, feel, um, emotional, yeah. feeling that I didn't want to do things, feeling like a feeling of dread. And um, all of all of those things were like the little signs, like the lack of energy. Like I was working on, I'll tell you what I was working on. I was working on that year when it happened, I was doing, I had, I was working on World Skills and I had just finished World Skills. I had won um, the Chelsea that year. Mm-hmm. I was working on the Interflora Florist of the Future, which I won. I was, and I was working on uh, Euroflares, the Euroflares competition. I was 22 years old and that was at, held, held at Tatton Park, the European final. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember there was one challenge in that competition, which was you had to create like something brand new for a bridal piece, like brand new technique, brand new, something brand new that no one had ever seen. Um, and I, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because it was too hard. I didn't have the energy to do it. And I mean, that competition, I ended up coming second by like 0.1 mark against someone. Um, and I have no idea how I did it because I was exhausted. And about a month or two after that, I had a breakdown. Go. Mm. Because this, it was the stress was just too much. But what would I do differently if I was going to go back 10 years? I would be like, okay, babe, come here we're going to have to do a lot of things differently. And the practices that I have in place now in my life um, have led me through so much harder and so much tougher scenarios than I had back then when I was 22. Mm. Um, And they're a breeze. They're a breeze. For someone that's listening now, though, and they're suffering with what you've just described, feeling lethargic, Mm -hmm. feeling like they just don't have the motivation. Yeah. But what would you say that that person that's listening now, what would you say would be a sensible step to maybe do? Yeah. So, the fundamental thing is, I would say, well, it's a few things I would say, you know, you know, I, I took it on like it was, there's this, um, in the book Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert, she's like, I remember she's talking about her own depression and she's like, I took it on like it was the fight of my life because in many ways it was. Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah, that's kind of what this is. If I want to, in you know, feel good about myself and have a life and not be having panic attacks every day, then this, you know, this is what I need to do. I need to really make some changes. Um, it starts fundamentally, I think, with how you view yourself and how you think about yourself and how you treat yourself. And now So like a I, self-importance? T- not a self-importance, just a value that you value. Sorry, that's that's a good word. Valid value. A self-value. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Self-importance, I mean I have that as well. I know you do. Like. But that's <laughs> But yeah, no, it's definitely more of like uh, a value, self, value. Yeah, self-worth, a value in being like, yeah, I am worthy. I'm yeah. enough. I'm yeah. a good person and I'm here. And um, it starts with that, but it also starts with a lot of, it starts with getting the right help with getting, you know, I went to counseling for a year and that was the best thing I ever did. It was the best investment in myself ever. Um, it wasn't easy. Christ, it wasn't easy. It was right. awful at times, but it was like definitely the best thing I ever did to think through all of the things that had led me to drive myself so hard. 
because I think a lot of my early success was driven so hard by, frankly, me not thinking I was good enough and me thinking that I needed to work myself really, really hard to prove that externally that I was good enough because internally I didn't feel it. Which and it goes so back strange. to things from childhood and it goes back to, you know, bullying and, mm-hmm. um, you know, my parents' divorce and like, you know, other things that happened in my past that, I mean, one of the key things I would say is that like a lot of us carry like the emotional or the intellectual weight of the experiences that we had at ages five or seven or 12. But because we experience them at that age and we kind of process them at that age, we carry them at that emotional age. So even though, and that's what, that's what therapy and counseling did for me. It was looking back at those really difficult circumstances that happened when I was like five or seven or 12 or whatever. And instead of being like, instead of believing the narrative that I told myself at that time, like, oh, this is happening because you're bad or this is happening because you're not good enough or this is happening because whatever you kind of try to re-examine it with the eyes of a of the age you are now you know 22 or 32 or whatever it might be so you can kind of look at that and be like oh okay so back then I thought that that happened because I was dot 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 but actually I can see now that that's not true I was telling myself a story that wasn't actually true and actually maybe with hindsight and with you know being a little older and a little mature a little bit more mature and a little wiser you can look back and say oh yeah no that that shouldn't have happened or oh maybe someone else should have acted like that or Mm. whatever it might be um because at the end of the day we work for reward too whether it's financial or whether it's personal we work for goals and we work for rewards and when the reward Mm -hmm. is mental and physical exhaustion it's like is it worth it Well, I mean, my goal at the time was to be the best, to be the best. And I thought that meant competing and winning and, you know, being the best, you know, florist I could be. And the best way for me to do that was through competitions, because that was a, you know, an external um, verification, validation that I was, you know, quote unquote, the best at whatever I was doing. Um, And that was because I didn't think I was any good mm. and didn't think I was worthy and all the rest of it. And, you know, I think if someone was in that the situation now where they're suffering with, you know, anxiety or depression or burnout, you know, I can't really, I feel grossly unqualified to give any advice whatsoever because that's not my background, nor is it my profession. No, nor but it's, it's just place. more, what would you have done? What would I have done? I would have started off by realizing that I'm good enough as I am. Yep. I'm a good person. I'm all right. And I'm going to start being kinder to myself in this very moment. And part of being kind to yourself is getting the appropriate help you need, whether that is counseling, whether that is a psychologist, whether that is having conversations with your friends and family, whether that's a medication, you know, there's no shame in medication at all. Um, And I I think that that that's where, where I would begin. I mean, and that shaped me a huge, huge, huge amount because nowadays, like I couldn't imagine if I had a business and I was going through you know, I mean, like speaking frankly, my business has been on hiatus for the past 18 months. Um, you know, we we have done very, very few classes. We haven't done a single wedding or event since, you know, the end of 2019. Um, and I don't know if back then, like the 22-year-old me would not have been able to deal with a scenario that I've lived through over the past 18 months. But, you know, 33-year-old me is like, 
It's fine. We'll find a way for everyone to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. And I completely agree that so much of this pressure that we put on ourselves comes from validation that we needed as children. And, you know, a lot of us Mm -hmm. as as adults have some form of trauma from childhood, whether it's just one little, you know, like race that you didn't win at a school carnival and it made you feel stupid. It can be the smallest, smallest thing. And then it's almost like you're out to prove to yourself and the world that you can actually do something and you are worthy. But the stress of all of that is not worth it. The actual, you know, the hell that you put yourself through just ends up in something even 10 times worse. Absolutely. I mean, you have to look at the intention behind what you're doing mm-hmm. and why you're doing what you're doing. Why? I and think that's a great thing. Where's that, where's that going to go? I mean, um, because I think if you just kind of do what you've always done, you'll just get what you always have. Mm-hmm. And I want every, you know, anyone who's listening to this, who, you know, might be going through, you know, something personal that is difficult or hard or, you know, is making them feel like they don't want to get up every day. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it all starts, I think, I think all success and all everyone deserves in life to feel and to know that they are good enough, that you're a good person. No, you know, you're not your past. You're not everything you've been through. You are not all the things that have happened to you. You're, you're the potential of what you can be. Yeah. And I think it is, it starts by being kind to yourself and it starts by being good to yourself and it starts with self care. So I have a little regime of activities that I do, not necessarily on a daily basis. Some of them I do daily. Some of them I do. I don't know, weekly, some things I might not do for a couple of months, but they all add up to like the little equation of me looking after me and me putting kind of myself first. And like, I, I know that's kind of like an alien concept in our, um, society to be like, hi, I'm putting myself first, but I kind of do. No, I do. I do put myself first. I put myself first in my relationship with my partner. I put myself first in my relationship to my family. I put myself first um, with my business. Um, But simply because I think if you do not put yourself first, if you don't prioritize your own self-care, and I'm not talking about like being, you know, grandiose or being, you know, outrageously selfish or, you know, throwing your weight around or being overly egotistical. I'm talking about if you don't prioritize prioritize your own self-care like where are you going to go and what are you going to do because if you can't you know fill yourself up you're not going to be able to give to other people no and it's just like it's a battery love you know once the battery's drained you have to recharge it like i totally agree with that you know like looking after yourself first and i'm very fortunate that my husband and i both share that so it's you know we both look out for each look out for ourselves first and then look out for each other second. And an example of that. Sensible. And how, yes, it's realistic. And an example of how uh, that works for us and for me is I am grossly overworked. We've had a huge wedding season here. And normally, you know, I'd be traveling a lot for various jobs or whatever. And I would be tacking on, you know, three or four days either side of it and having little breaks to myself. So I haven't had the opportunity to do that. So next week I'm actually flying into state and I'm checking myself into a health retreat for a week. Oh, good for you. Yeah. No phones, no husband, nothing. It'll literally be... No phones? No phones. You're allowed to have your phone for one hour per day to speak to your next of kin and, you know... Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, I'm so... Um, I don't want to say threatened by the thought of it, but it's it's a very foreign concept to me. But I'm just going oh, in. I a bet. 
yeah, completely eyes wide open. You know, I think the best thing I can do for myself right now is disconnect and just, you know, reconnect myself with good eating and exercise and sunshine. And, you know, that mm. that's that's what my body and mind is telling me that I need right now. So, and there is I have such a power. It. Yeah, there's such a power in listening and knowing that. In the fact that you're like, my body and mind is saying, I've worked really hard. I'm feeling mm-hmm. at the low end of my battery. Yeah. I need to top this up. And the fact that you've identified that, listened to yourself and actioned, yeah. you know, a- appropriate activities to kind of, um, you know, put that in place and, you know, really look after yourself and rejuvenate yourself. I think that is so, so wonderful. Because I otherwise really it's forced it just upon started- you. It's it's forced yeah, upon I mean, you, girl. But like when I had the adrenal fatigue, it was forced upon me. It was like you cannot absolutely. work for the next three weeks. You need to rest. It was pretty much exactly the same story with my panic attacks. Like, mm. there's this really great quote. I mean, don't quote me on who said it. I think it's Marco Aurelius. And he said, um, everything in your life is happening for you, not to you. And your whole perspective changes when you start to realize that. Like, I could look at my panic attacks and be like, oh my gosh, these are happening to me. But actually... With the benefit of hindsight, I'm like, wow, they happened for me. You know, for when they happened, it wasn't great, but it led me to change all my behaviors and it changed the course of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's wonderful. I mean, out of interest, just a complete trivial uh, note. Can you go on Instagram during your uh, retreat? Well, if it fits in that one hour. Sure. Oh my god! I know. I, ex- I look forward to seeing some delicious stories. Of I'm just excited. I'm just really, really excited, and I feel I, you know, I'm not that sort of person that's all hashtag blessed and hashtag self made and all that rubbish. I am just so grateful, and you know, if you have to use the term blessed, then I mm-hmm. am. I do feel blessed that I have a spouse that, you know is on board and engages with what I need as well as what he Mm -hmm. needs. So, when I say I need to just go and be away for a week, isn't a reflection of us as a couple or anything like that. It's just the fact that we both love having our own time. And Mm -hmm. the second that you disrespect what each other likes, I think it's so hard. And something that definitely affected my mental health, you know, two years ago was, and I know we've spoken about this in another episode, is, you know, when my husband said that he was feeling lonely. And that was just Mm. simply because I was working so much. And I thought, God, I have to change this. I can't allow my husband who supported me through building this whole business to feel lonely or feel abandoned. Mm. That's not fair. So, yeah, you, you do have to, you know, also think when it comes to your personal and mental health, has your career or your business gone from becoming your passion to becoming your obsession? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think that is such a profound statement. And I think there is a real boundary there because when yeah. you when you work for yourself, when you are the person who is putting, you know, food on the table for yourself, for your family, for your employees' families, um, for HMRC, mm-hmm. there is like a responsibility <laughs> to to um I love it when I laugh at my own jokes. I'm such Yeah, a- no one else laughs. Um <laughs> 
know, but I did. And it made it was a moment of joy for me. Yeah. Um, so uh, I kind of think that there's a lot there to kind of you know to balance between between saying okay, well I have to do this and I have to do that and I I also have to do X, Y, and Z, but at the same time. I also have to realize that, well, you know, like, I also come first because none of this happens without me. None of this would be taking place and I'm not going to be doing the best I can for my, you know, membership, for my students, for my staff, for my clients, if for my family, for my friends, if I am not, you know, looking after myself. So, um, I mean, I have a few things which I really do, like a little toolkit of practices, um, which I'd like to share. And then I'd love to know what you do as well. Like little things that you do kind of, you know, every day or every week to kind of look after yourself. So, um, this may surprise I don't know if you know this actually about me. Do you know I meditate? You know, you have mentioned it before, but you haven't told me how it looks. Because when I imagine you meditating, you're kind of... Picture Buddha and work down. Yeah, that's where I went. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. (laughs) 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 Because one of my staff, she meditates too, and she actually tells me that her meditative state is actually when she's walking and she walks every day for half an hour. And that's actually a meditation for her. Wow. Good for her. I mean, no, for me, it's actually, it's like good old fashioned meditation. It's lying down, sitting down, closing the eyes, centering yourself and really trying to um, empty your mind or work through various meditations or visualizations. Um, but for me, nothing takes me from zero back to 100 than having a 20 minute meditation. It is like magic, sparkle, fairy dust powder. I know it sounds mental, but it really takes me. I can be having the worst day. I can be having a big problem. I can be feeling so angry about things or so sad about things. And then I can meditate and be like, it's going to be all right. I'll find a way through this. It's like my superpower. I meditate. I should do it every day. I don't do it every day. I probably do it every couple of days. And it just tops me right off. I feel invincible. So, okay, how do you go from, just because I, I don't know that I've ever consciously meditated before and I am looking forward to paying an obnoxious amount of money to go and meditate next week, but how <laughs> oh, do Oh, is it part of your retreat? Yeah, is it girl. part of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Exciting. It's all meditation and yoga and vegan and all that sort of good stuff. So, God, I don't know lovely, what it's going to look like, but the- <laughs> Like, how do you go from, you know, doing 80 miles an hour to being in a meditative state? Like, is it, is it something that you've had to learn and practice? Like, yeah, 10,000%. It is exactly, it's like, it's like floristry. It's like anything else you do. It is a practice. And when you start doing it, I thought, what on earth is this? This is insane. <laughs> like, what are you trying to get me to do here? Um, it is, it's really, really hard. Uh, but then the more you, it's like a muscle, the more you do it, the more you kind of get into it. So like in my practice, like, okay, so just give you an example. Like I used to start my practice by like grounding myself and centering myself. And in the, like when I started out, I used to probably have to visualize those things like really hard, um, you know, to kind of get to what I thought was like what I was trying to, trying to achieve. And now literally I can just think about grounding and I can feel like, this is going to sound so strange, but I can feel a weight in my legs and I can feel my legs feeling cooler and I can physically feel that sensation of being grounding. I even just thinking about the word grounding. Is that surreal? It's like witchcraft. It's crazy. A little bit. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. But no, you'll hate it. At, well, you won't hate it at first, but it'll, it'll be hard at first. And then you'll get foreign. It's it like anything, isn't it? The you, more you do. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, that's mm. interesting, love. So, in terms of, you know, people that are listening right now that have just gone through, like, what you've been through, extended periods of, you know, not being at your full capacity, you know, in your business and, you know, the impacts mm-hmm. that um, this pandemic has had on everyone, like, with the knowledge that you've got from your past, have you sort of put any, like, little road marks or anything like that out in front of you to keep check of yourself now moving back into kind of that normality phase just to make sure you keep on track of your personal and mental health? I would say, to be honest with you, like, no, not really, because I think I have my inner life mm-hmm. feels pretty good and pretty together. So, I mean, I feel like the practices that I have, which are like meditation, um, affirmations. Um, I'm excited about meditating uh, after hearing you speak about it. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, so, like, I my, my little kind of, like, toolkit of, like, things that keep me, like, feeling good um, are, you know, meditation, for sure, affirmation, um, praying, uh, visualizations, um, and then really taking good care of my physical self, which it can be as, as simple as, like, on a weekend or if I, when I have a day off, it can be a case of making sure I have a good lie-in, making sure that I, like, it sounds ridiculous, but even taking more time um, to, like, just really, like, moisturize yourself or yeah, really yeah, put, a, put a face mask on. Yeah. Really, you know, make sure that, you know, you're preparing your dinner and it's going to be full of, like, vegetables and, you know, really good things that you want to have. Like, and it it is, it's a full I don't want to say it's like a um, a lifestyle, like I'm not selling Herbalife or anything, but mm. um, it is more like I think I think it looks different. <laughs> I think it looks different, <laughs> as if you have a bottle of it there. You're oh, hilarious. That's hilarious. You're hilarious. Um, so I think like I think self-care looks different for everyone. And if you're new to kind of exploring what self-care looks like to you, or if mm-hmm. it's like such a foreign concept, mm-hmm. like it was for me when I was like 22, 23, yeah. I would have been like, self-what? Like, oh, uh, and I would have really looked down at myself. If you would have spoken to me when I was 23 and been like, you need to practice self-care, I would have rolled my eyes so far back into my head, I would have been like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would have kind of dismissed it and kind of moved on. Um it takes a different form for everyone. And I think it takes a different package for everyone. And I think only you really know what that looks like. So for example, like you said, one of your team members loves to walk every day for half yep. an hour. And that is really calming and mm-hmm. relaxing and mm-hmm. meditative for her, for her or him. Well, that's absolutely wonderful. Um, for other people that might be hell on earth, they might be thinking, I don't want to go for a walk. Like that's awful. Mm. And that's absolutely fine because that other person might, you know, really enjoy, I don't know, gardening for half an hour yeah. every day, you know, yeah. when they get in from work or whatever that might be. And you might think, oh God, the last thing I want to do is garden. And that's fine because we're all different. We all require like a different, Uh um, kind of think of it like cars, I guess. You know, you have that dancer analogy, you know, for everyone, it's different. Like, I guess in a way, like uh, the way to think about self-care is imagine we're all a different type of car, you know, a different version Mm -hmm. of vehicle or whatever Mm -hmm. it's going to be. And our like manual for how to like change the oil is slightly different in everyone. Yep, I agree. Or how to charge the battery or how to charge the AC. It's all all slightly different. Um, And I think that's really, really important but i have a good little toolkit there of you know meditations affirmations prayers um you know little self-help things that i do which i think put me in a really good stead and um 
Do you have anything like, because yeah. I was just about to mention, so for me, for an example, a little, oh, it's, it's not a trigger, but it's something that if I notice myself doing it, I know that something's not right and I need to take more care of either my physical or mental health. And I just, it's mm-hmm, funny because mm-hmm. I just looked down next to me at my desk right now and mm-hmm. I noticed that I have been shopping Right. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. But the the problem is when I get into that stage where like I'm rolling around three cheese toaster sandwiches in on my couch at like eleven thirty <laughs> at night, <laughs> and I've just spent two thousand dollars that I don't have on nothing I need. Mm. That to me is like a a marker. It's just like, hang yeah. on, girl. Yeah. Hang on, girl. Yeah. This is this is not good. Why are you sitting here buying things for yourself, trying to make yourself feel better? You yeah. obviously so every, need something. It's those little. It's like it's not so much a warning sign, but it's yeah. almost like it a little a warning flag. Sign. Yeah, it's a flag. Like, it's I a think flag for me. That um, like I, I watched this documentary with Oprah a couple of years ago, and she calls it you like bloody Oprah. I love Oprah so much. I really uh, do. If anyone listening to this podcast can help me meet Oprah. Oh my god. Oprah. <laughs> Please write in because I would really love that. Um, like one of my little, just a little side note, one of my little things to do to like self, to self care is I like to light candles and I like to watch like educational documentaries. My boyfriend hates educational documentaries. So I do it by myself and I do it in my own time. Um, and I think that's really important. Like one other little random thing that I do for self care is some nights I'll sleep separate from my partner because he snores a lot. He'll kill me for putting that out on the podcast, but it's true. And so I get a better night's sleep when I don't sleep next to him mm-hmm. most of the time, I mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to sleep separate tonight. And we don't have any issue with that. Like, that's not like a, oh, you don't love me anymore. It's just kind of, you know, here it, it's reality, you know, it's girl. This is, it's what reality. I, this is what yeah. I need. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is what I need is like a great night's sleep without you, you know, like being there, which is fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a little, I, I would say <laughs> he'll kill me for that, but that's funny. Um, I'm keeping it in, Jonathan. Um, I would say that those like little whispers are little signs from, like the inner you, I would yes, say, or absolutely. your, you know, that like the, the, the part mind. of you, your subconscious that's saying, do you really like this? Isn't what you want to be doing because it's kind of like, uh, it'll, it'll be what would they call a coping mechanism? You know, like if you're feeling stressed, you're feeling pressured, you're feeling anxious or whatever emotion it is that you're feeling, like it'll give you a bit of a release. Yeah. It'll and give we all you have a, that. You, oh, know, you and I have both yes, been yes. those obese teenagers. We were mm-hmm. both overweight teenagers, and it was very obvious that both of us, our coping mechanism was food. Food, absolutely. Girl, and it made I me would... feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Same here, same here. Um, I would say that is absolutely, that's absolutely true. I think it's everybody also a has something. for me now still. You know, it's a, it's a flag or a warning sign for me too. If I mm. notice that I'm, you know, going grocery shopping and all of a sudden I've got a basket full of chocolate, I'm like, hang on, I don't need chocolate. You know, it's yeah, a- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What yeah, it's, it's a bit of a warning flag of hang on, like, do I need three three wheels of camembert? Mm-hmm. I mean, the answer is yes, but no, just you know, one. like, just one will be fine. We can make that work. Um, yeah, for me, those little warning signs. It's really how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. and yeah, if I notice myself overeating, or if I notice myself um, when I'm anxious, I breathe differently. 
Mm. Like I hold my breath differently. And sometimes during the day I'll have to like <gasps> catch my breath. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I haven't been, bre- been breathing properly. So if I hear myself making those little like kind of noises, then I'm like, oh, you've been breathing strangely. You haven't been breathing out. You haven't been mm-hmm. relaxed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a, a bit of a key thing as well. I mean, another thing for me, and I, I, you know, I know you might have had similar experiences and a lot of people listening might have had similar experiences is, you know, I grew up in a, um, I grew up in Nosley, which is like the second or most deprived borough in all of, uh, the UK. Um, there was like a report that was released last week where it was like, you know, the, anyway, it's, it's not a great place to, mm. to live. Mm. Um, and it was incredibly homophobic. Okay. And when I was growing up there, like if there was anything bad, like when we were school kids, you know, like primary school, um, if anything was bad, it was gay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, that's gay. That's so gay. You're so gay. Mm. And I grew up with the first, like, maybe 11 years of my life hearing the word gay as Negative. synonym yeah. for bad. Yeah, you're, you're bad. This is bad. This is this is rubbish. This is horrible. This is yeah. bad. And part of my journey into unpacking, like, to, to unpacking my self-worth, I mean, if that isn't going to get me on Oprah, I don't know what is. Um, part of my journey into unpacking my self-worth um, was realizing that it's actually okay to be gay. Actually, it's more than okay. It's kind of great to be gay. Um, and um, it took a while to get there, though. For me, it wasn't, you know, I came out when I was, you know, 15 and I was, like, you know, attending a Pride festival and everyone thought it was amazing. It was kind of like the culture that I was raised in, um, in the area that I was raised in, was very homophobic. And it took me a lot of work and a lot of time to be like, oh, like, you're gay? That's really cool. Good for you. Um, I think that's an important thing to note as well. I agree. And I think, you know, our differences that we all have culturally, physically, racially, mentally, you know, sexually, there's so many differences that we all have and we all have faced some form of hardship. I'm pretty I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident committing that everyone in life at some point has faced some form of hardship. And I'd say for sure, yeah. Yeah, and it's just how do you how do you respond to it? Because I often think that the way I respond to something says more about who I am as a person than the person that's trying to get me to react rather than respond. So, mm-hmm. that's definitely mm-hmm. something that I've had to work with because my go-to, you know, if I was ever being triggered, especially in business, this is not a great thing, when, you know, I would get quite defensive and quite angry and, you know, I would become quite horrible to people. And it was merely Mm. just a coping mechanism from, you know, such severe bullying and homophobia and all sorts of things from when you're growing up. And it's, like you said, it's about unpacking sometimes how we can make ourselves a better version of ourselves, so that when we're working, especially in our industry where we work such long hours and in such unforgiving circumstances sometimes, that you want to have that sense of of self-worth and self-pride. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think the it starts by realizing that we're all the same. And there is so much more in common that we have with each other than, you know, things that make us different from each other. And I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that the world would be a much better place if we were all 
a little kinder and a little more accepting of what everyone else is like, but also kind of realize that everyone is carrying something. Like everyone's got a story, whether it's, you know, I don't know, homophobia or, um, I don't know, racism or, you know, any everyone's awful got things. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got something that is kind of, you know, that they're having to deal with or they're processing or they're coping in some way. And I think if you kind of realize, that, then I think that kind of makes you a little bit more of a more compassionate person. And I kind of feel like it was strange going this because like my sense of humor can be very uh cutting and it can be very, you know, like avant-garde and very yeah. risque. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you know me. But at the same time, I don't think that I mean that's just it doesn't define you sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't define you. It's just a little it's just one aspect of me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not kind of completely, you know, who I am and kind of what I what I kind of do, you know? So So, what would be your one piece of parting advice for people listening on one thing they can take away about how they can look after themselves within our industry on a personal and mental health level? I would say it starts by... hmm, That's a really really good question, actually. I would probably say it starts by even examining the idea of self-care means that you're on the right path of kind of starting to look after yourself. You know, even the fact that you've even, you may be tuned into today's episode or you're thinking a little bit about what self-care looks like to you, you're on the right track. And I would say start small with self-care, but also be bold with it at the same time. Like small gestures can be incredibly bold. And even if it's you taking time to watch something that's going to make you feel fantastic that you've been meaning to watch for ages on TV, you know, take half an hour or an hour and watch that tonight, you know? Or maybe it's going to be learning to meditate next week and try that and see how that feels. Or maybe it's calling, you know, some really, really good supportive friends that you haven't checked in with for quite a while. And maybe it's having a really enriching conversation about that. Or maybe it's changing your diet or exercising or spending time in the bloody garden. It can be whatever you want it to be, Mm -hmm. I would say start small and from there, baby steps, you'll build like, um, you'll build your own little kind of like weaponry, I guess, your own little toolkit. She's got an armory. Yeah, of things that work for you that mean that should bad things happen or, you know, challenges face, and let's be honest, of course they will, it means that you're not going to be, you know, thrown off course quite so much. I mean, the pandemic has taught me that for the past 18 months. If I didn't have the toolkit that I have, um, you know, those resources, I wouldn't be in the situation I'm in now, still, you know, being positive and trying new things and, you know, mm-hmm. putting out as much goodness, like, um, as, you, as you possibly can. So I agree. That's what I would say anyway. Yeah. I'm shook. I'm shook. I feel... Um, Why are you shook? I don't know. Like, it's just... it's a, There's a heaviness that, you know, kind of comes sometimes with talking about topics. And there's no need for it. I often think about things like this as, you know, people see these sorts of topics as taboo, something you don't talk about. And I, I truly believe mm. that it's like, no, talk about it. Be open. Have communication. Have dialogue. You know, speak to your friends, your family, your staff, whatever. And mm. my parting advice would be how I make it work is... I I know that any small business owner will be able to resonate with this and any any person working in a business where you've sold something to someone before, a florist or nursery or whatever, and you've actually had a client interaction, you just have to sell it to yourself. I look at how I have sold this brand to tens of thousands of people over the years and 
what it's become. It's because I sold them my belief in my product and my brand. And all you have mm-hmm. to do is reverse that and sell yourself your own belief in yourself. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. You just have to be, mm-hmm. like you said, baby steps. You just have to go, yeah, you know what? I'm selling to myself the thought that I need to have Mondays off every week. And that's going to cost however much to have a staff member to cover my shift that day. But that money's well spent because it means that I'm going to be a much better person Tuesday to Saturday. Absolutely. And I think it starts small and it looks different for everybody. Yes. And I think I think there's no like plan you can put out there being like, this is a self-care one I want. No. Do this and you'll be you fine. Um, because I think it all works to, you know, it, it needs to fit you and it needs to resonate with you. So I'm so excited to catch up with you Thank after you. your retreat. Thank Arrgh. you. Yeah, uh, that'll be really fun. I know. I'm just, you know, I'm scared about... Like anything, you know, you get scared or nervous to try something new and that's just like, but then, you know, half the time you get on the other side of it and you're like, why didn't I do this years ago? Like, so yeah, I'm hoping well, to have that experience. I'm sure you will. And if you need me to come along and hold your hand in the clonic room, I'm your girl. I'm, you're not paid enough for it, love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, behave yourself. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys, for this episode of Flowers After Hours. We have had an absolute hoot doing it, and I hope it's been doing it for you. It's been a hooty toot. Make sure you click subscribe down below and that you leave us a rating and review. That would mean the absolute world to us, and you do not want to miss an episode of Flowers After Hours. Help us on our way to becoming the next Floral Kardashians, and we'll see you on the next one. I am the goose. The egg has been laid. <laughs>